Hey, good morning, everyone. Welcome back to the Seeking Refuge podcast. Uh, We're starting a new season um, with new episodes on the podcast. Excited um, to bring some some new studies to the table for us. And uh, we're going to be focusing for the next uh, several weeks on the resurrection and uh, just going to dig in deep on some things. And uh, so first, we're going to be looking at Um, the resurrection as it's found in the Old Testament and uh, some really neat stuff there. I think you'll really enjoy this study. And then the next episode, we'll be focusing on the resurrection of Christ, the the events. And then we'll focus on future resurrections. Then I think we'll do an episode where we look at events that took place immediately after the resurrection and then I think we'll take a look at Pentecost and the, uh, the promise of the Comforter and the Holy Spirit and um, the way that all those events took place. So we'll, we're going to look at all of those things. So be probably five episodes here in this season. And uh, I'm just thankful again to have the opportunity to do these Bible studies and for everybody that's been listening in. Um, it's very humbling. I mean, it's, you know, we've got uh, a, a double digit audience now. Um, doing these studies and we've got a couple people from overseas doing it it shows me i can look up and see where different people are at when they listen to it i can't figure out who is who um but uh it it is it is an amazing thing you know we are one body as christians um you're either a believer or you're not all believers we're one body in christ whether you're an ocean may divide us, but the faith certainly unites us, and um, it's an amazing thing. So it's it's very neat. It's cool. I like using the tool, um, the the podcast, to do these Bible studies, and I'm thankful for everybody that does the Bible studies with me. It encourages me and um, keeps me going in the faith. So, um, but yep, it's a it's a nice morning here. A little windy. I'm at home, I'm off of the road, and uh, my dog is outside barking, and there's a cat that keeps going around the front porch, so if you hear something that sounds like wind chimes going off in the background, that's what's happening, And uh, but, but, that's, uh, but that's neat. So developments with the podcast, I am looking to hopefully get some guests on the podcast. I'm trying to figure out how to get some music mixed in with the podcast. Um, I want to make it the best it can be for the Lord. The one thing I'm not going to do is I'm not going to buy into the advertisements and the sponsorships and stuff on it because I don't have control over um, what they promote or advertise on it. If I were going to do anything like that, I would just have Christian companies um, get a hold of me and I would advertise myself for them. And uh, the other thing would be... um, you know, maybe maybe a couple news stories here and there mixed in as things develop. I might be able to mix something like that in. I don't know. I'm playing with ideas, but it's it's uh, it's for you and you're the audience. You're 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 listening in faithfully. I certainly appreciate it. But I think it's about time for us here to get into uh, to get into our resurrection series. We're going to start resurrection in the Old Testament this morning. Remember the theme verse. For the Seeking Refuge podcast is Psalm 91, verse 2. Psalm 91 is a very powerful psalm. Um, There's a lot of good testimonies of of very divine interventions that have happened to people who stood upon this Bible 
chapter really, but, um, but this particular verse, I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in him will I trust. It's good to trust in the Lord. Remember, this is the Seeking Refuge podcast where we come together seeking refuge from the world in God's unchanging word. Now, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15 this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. This is going to be the key verse to the resurrection series. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We'll be in 1 Corinthians on and off quite a bit, but I want, I want to look at these first four verses. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. The scripture reads, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also ye have received, and wherein ye stand, by which also ye are saved. If ye keep in memory what I preached unto you, unless ye have believed in vain. For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. We thank you for a resurrected Savior, Lord. Um, he's He didn't stay dead. We oftentimes talk about he was crucified for our sins, God, and, and we're so thankful that he was willing to lay his life down for us. But he didn't stay dead, Lord. He didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again, Lord. He has all power over sin, over death, over hell. And uh, now at your right hand, Father, and we, we thank you, Lord, for the amazing provision that you made for us and the love that you had for us, Lord. And we're sorry, Lord, we don't give you what you deserve in return. We just don't. We fall short. But uh, we pray for your forgiveness. And uh, Lord, we pray for your help, Lord. Um, we all want to serve you and be pleasing to you, Lord, and tell others about you. We wanna be faithful, Lord. But we cannot do it without your Holy Spirit, Lord. We ask for your help. We ask for your guidance. We ask for your provision, Lord. Thank you for everyone that's tuning into the podcast, Lord. I pray that you help them and bless them, Lord. And be with me. Give me the words to be a blessing to them, Lord. Bless the um, study on the resurrection. Help us understand. Help us learn, Lord. And get just more wisdom from you out of it, Lord. We ask that you bless this time together now in Jesus' name. Amen. We're looking at these first four verses. The reason I like them is one. Paul makes makes this statement very clear: the gospel which is preached, and then he gives some elements to the gospel. Um, the gospel that is preached that can manifest salvation must be a gospel that includes the crucifixion of Christ, dying for our sins. The fact that he was buried and that he rose again from the dead. You cannot leave any of those three elements out. He was, he was crucified on the cross. He was entombed. He was literally dead. And then he literally rose again from the dead on the third day according to the scriptures. And um, I think it was interesting too because, you know, Paul's talking about this according to the scriptures, yet 
the 66 canonized books of the Bible in the New Testament had not been completed yet. So what scriptures is he referring to? He's not talking about his own um, writings yet, which was an incomplete compilation. So what scriptures was he referring to? And so I, I was looking at that and I was thinking, I believe, yes, much of what was written, you think about the four gospels, you know, there was a record. The record was being compiled at this point on the life of Christ and the death of Christ. And I'm not denying that. But I, I think Paul was kind of also referring to a body of Scripture in what well, we call it the Old Testament. It's important to understand that the word testament refers to covenant. And so when you say Old Testament, you're actually referring to the Old Covenant, which would be the Mosaic Law and Covenants and the rules and regulations given to Israel. Genesis and Job would kind of not actually, you know, those are written around the same time period. Those are not technically part of the old covenant, but they were given for the historical record of God's creation and also Job being a poetical book, but it gives us insight that from the very earliest of time, man had a concept of God and a philosophical understanding of a creator and a sovereign being that was creator and had power over us and over our circumstances, okay? So, man understood God from the very beginning because we were made by God. We were created in his image, right? And someone says, well, you know, we could have evolved this and that. You know, I don't. I don't understand it because, you know, we walk upright and have advanced intellect in comparison to anything in the animal kingdom. Well, monkeys, okay, monkeys aren't building uh, electric vehicles and skyscrapers. And first of all, monkeys are still monkeys. And, well, we're here and we're not seeing this continued chain of evolution that they uh, say happened. So I, I don't know. But... People believe what they believe. I, if you read the Bible, I believe the Holy Spirit will guide you into the knowledge of the truth. So, but we're going to look at this in the Old Testament. And, you know, I say Old Testament, I'm referring to the books of the Bible, um, all of them, the prophets, the poetical books, the historical books, as well as the law. Um, but I was just throwing that little tidbit out there that Old Testament is actually a reference to the law, not necessarily all of the books that we call the Old Testament, but everybody understands what I'm trying to say, I hope. So anyway, let's, let's take a look at the resurrection as we find it here. Um, first let's go to Job actually mentioning him. Let's go to the book of Job. Um, the poetical book written around 4,000 years before Christ came to earth. I Just think about that for a second. 4,000 years before Christ came, okay? Job, in chapter 19, I, this is just amazing, verse 25 says this, for I know 
that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. What a statement. 4,000 years before Jesus comes to earth, Job, we know the afflictions of Job. We understand everything. And I'm telling you what, sometimes in a place of serious affliction in our lives is a place where we feel so in touch with God and so close to our Savior that we begin to have knowledge and wisdom and things that we probably wouldn't have even had the in-depth connection with Christ through the Holy Spirit to focus on had we not been in the affliction. It's just something about affliction makes us seek God. And when we seek God in specific kinds of ways, God reveals things to us. Amen. And here we've got Job 4,000 years. This just blows my mind. Says, I know that my Redeemer liveth. He's talking about Jesus. And he says that not only does he live, but at the last day, at the latter day, which, you know, the rule of first mention in scripture is when you hear that term put together, latter day, it is, you have to complete that all the way through the scripture as a reference to the same thing. The latter day in scripture is a reference to when Christ is going to physically come back. He's coming again. That is the principal concept of our faith. He rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, sits at the right hand of God. We're in a dispensation of time where people can be saved simply just by believing in what he's done for us, believing in what happened and accepting him as Savior. There's nothing else involved. We ought to serve him. And he's coming back and those who are faithful are going to have rewards, but those who have rejected will be severely punished. He's coming again. Even Job, 4,000 years before his first coming, is making a prophetical reference to his second coming. I know my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. Verse 26, and though after my skin, hold on here, worms destroy this body, and though after my skin worms destroy this body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Hello, Job just made a reference all right, to a resurrection. The only time skin, uh, your worms are eating your skin and destroying your body is when you are in the grave and you are dead. You are under the ground. And he's saying, yet, even though this is death, in my flesh, in, in other words, in my body, physically and literally, I shall see God. And you know what, folks? If that was not a true statement, God would not have allowed it to appear in the body of scriptures. If Job was just mumbling something off his lips that was not co that didn't ma that made no coherent sense, and the Holy Spirit of God um, disagreed with the statement, as no, that's not going to happen. Then the Holy Spirit of God would have made sure it didn't show up in scripture for us to read. But because God put it in His Word, God is verifying and putting His stamp of approval. Because the words came from God himself. God used Job to teach us something. And here we're finding that as early as 4,000 years in the days of Genesis, man uttered prophetical references to the resurrection of not only Christ, the second coming of Christ, but the resurrection of the believer himself. Um, it's pretty amazing. Uh Verse 27, it just gets better. Whom I shall see for myself, 
and mine eyes shall behold and not another, though my reins be consumed within me. Um, okay, so put it all back together here. Start back at verse 25. I could get stuck on this for the entire podcast. Job, 4,000 years before Christ came, says his Redeemer lives, his Redeemer shall stand at the latter day upon the earth, second coming of Christ, and though and after his own physical death, he in his flesh shall see God. He shall see God for himself, and his own eyes shall behold him, not another, though his reins be consumed, though my reins be consumed within me. The, it, though he has no control over the elements that will take him off of the earth. You hear my my dogs barking outside. Somebody must be walking by. Uh, but anyway, I it just it's it's amazing. Um, and it also, I feel like he's also answering his own question here. Uh, go back to Job fourteen. In Job chapter fourteen, verse fourteen. He says, let me find it, right? Yeah, it, look at this. In Job 14, verse 14, he says, If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointed time will I wait till my change comes. What change was he talking about? Um, well, today, believe it or not, today, if a man gets saved... He's changed. But uh, back to 1 Corinthians for one second. If I can get there myself. In chapter 15, verse 52, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed we shall be changed job four thousand years before christ in his affliction made prophetical references to christ standing upon the earth the fact that he himself would be risen from the dead that he would see god after he was risen from the dead and that there was a supernatural change that would take place meditate on that for one second All right, let's, uh, let's go to another example of finding the resurrection in the Old Testament. Look at uh, Psalm chapter 17. I could have stayed on Job. That was exciting. I, that was getting me worked up. I could have stayed there all morning. Look at Psalm chapter 17. Look at verse 15. It says here, um, this was a psalm, a prayer from David. And David said, As for me, I will behold thy face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied when I awake with thy 
likeness. All right. He's not talking about waking up from a nap. Um, it's common, and we, we may get in more detail on this in another time, but it's, um, it's common that those who died in the faith um, are actually, they, they refer to them as sleeping, and the resurrection, a reference to, you know, awaking, a reference to the resurrection. Um, and here, I, I believe this to be true. I believe this verse is a strong testimony to the resurrection displaying um, an anticipation of the glorious promise that we find in Scripture. I think about 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. Does it not say, We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is? And here David is saying, When I wake with thy likeness, um, that's, that to me is a reference. I'm going to be like him when I am risen from the dead. I'm going to be like him. And I'm going to see him as he is. This was written nine, uh, about 900 and, uh, no, um, I lost my reference on the time frame of this particular verse. So I'm not going to say something that isn't true. I was thinking around 900 years before Christ, but I might, I might be off on that. It could be longer than that actually. So, um, yeah, it would have had to have been because you had 400 years of silence and, and um, the kingdom after David with Solomon and then so other things. So my time frame's off on that. I'll have to look that up and give that to you at a later time. But a strong testimony there by David displaying the anticipation of the glorious promise of 1 John chapter 3, verse 2. We shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This is just such an important part of our Christian life. Um, is the anticipation of what's to come. Um, and if we take our focus off of that, I think, you know, uh, we could find ourselves kind of stagnant, stagnating, and that's a dangerous place to be. Um, and in all honesty, all of us are susceptible to it. I'm tell you what, can I just be honest in my own fault here? The last year and a half, I have really struggled myself and battled with the desire to, you know, just anything, really. I mean, I, I love going to church, and I love fellowships. There's, there's no real—I've had a lot of complications with my job kind of getting in the way of that. I don't have a lack of desire in that area. It's more of—sometimes I just—I don't feel the urgent conviction to share Jesus with the, with the world around me. I just—I, you know— and, and you know what that is? That is when my mind is not as focused on the fact he's coming back. We only get so much time to be faithful to the work of getting the gospel out. And once he's come back or once we're dead, we're out of time. And so we will at that point receive a reward for everything that we've done, both good and bad. That's the Bible. So it is convicting. We need to, we need to anticipate the fulfillment of the glorious promise of being completed at Christ's return at the at the rapture um, and at the resurrection. And we're actually going to get into, at some point, we're going to have to differentiate between rapture and, and, and resurrection. And many groups are now combining those two as the one event. 
And I don't see it that way in scripture and I'll share those findings later. But anyway, let's move on. We got more scripture to look at. Look at Isaiah chapter 26, Isaiah. So now we're getting into the prophets. So we've looked at some poetical books and now we're looking at the prophets, Isaiah chapter 26. And I think this is important because let's not forget that, it, you know, at the time Paul got persecuted, one of the tricks that he did, um, it was really through the wisdom of God, was he pinned the Sadducees and the Pharisees against one another. Um, and the one big thing that differentiated them was the Pharisees believed in the resurrection and the Sadducees didn't. So, you know, even the Pharisees who rejected Christ severely still referred to the scriptures in the belief that there would be a resurrection. So they, they believed in a resurrection. Um, and so now we're getting into a body of scriptures that really dealt with it. Now, now we're figuring out why. But Isaiah chapter 26, um, look at this in verse 19. Isaiah 26, verse 19. Thy dead men shall live. Together with my dead body shall they arise. Awake and sing, ye that dwell in dust. For thy dew is as the dew of herbs, and the earth shall cast out the dead. Um, this is kind of the assurance of the bodily resurrection of the dead. Um, by grace, those that are saved through faith, they arise from the dead. Um, he's saying together with my dead body, this is fulfilled um, at Christ's resurrection, really. Um, it completed in full at Christ's coming. It's an interesting chain of events. It's really kind of occurred before the resurrection. Um, so, and I've heard this before. Christ was crucified. The earth shook, right? And people literally came out of their graves. Um, now, I've heard this idea that Christ descended into the lower parts of hell and preached and people got saved in hell. Now, I'm not critical, all right? And I'm not being critical. But I've never never really held to that. And I'll, I'll explain. So here's why. That would teach some form of second chance doctrine where there would be a form of purgatory, right? Um, and I, and I, don't, uh, I don't believe that to be the case. What I do believe is the dispensations of the Bible, okay? And so what we have to understand is what's required of man today for salvation to manifest versus what was required for man thousands of years before Christ came to earth is two different time periods, and God dealt with man two completely different ways at that point of time. The one test of, of salvation, what would manifest a man to be declared righteous by God, was always trusting God's word. All right. It was always faith. All right. That's why you have uh, Hebrews 
where it lists all of the Old Testament saints and the people that responded in faith, okay? By faith, Noah built an ark. By faith, Abraham offered his son. By faith, you know, so the, the reality is, is that God had different requirements on different people at different points in time, but it was always man's faith that justified him. It was never the work. It was always the faith. So my take on it is, we know, uh, we get a glimpse of hell with the story of the rich man and Lazarus in the New Testament. And Jesus kind of gave us a glimpse. There was two places under the earth. One is referred to as Abraham's bosom, and it was a place of paradise, of rest. The other was a place of torment, and we know it was hot and it was tormented, but it was also conscience. It, you know, a man was completely conscious of what was going on, and, and there was a great gulf fixed between the two, so the one could not cross over to the other. I completely understand that the Bible says Christ was made sin, and therefore he died with our sins upon himself. I get that. Uh, however, when he physically died, those that arose and those that is a reference in these scriptures as um, being resurrected and completed you know, at the coming of Christ that were dead, the Old Testament saints theory, that to me would have been the ones who died in faith and in righteousness that were in Abraham's bosom. Because those who died wicked and those who died in you know rejecting God and refusing God, I cannot find a place anywhere in the Bible where they're given a second chance to accept Christ, not even after... Christ dies. So I think we got to be careful um, because the first person I ever heard that I ever heard, okay, with this doctrine that Christ went into hell and people that were lost got saved when Christ preached the gospel to them. I heard that from like a Joyce Meyer or something. I, I don't know. I just, to me, I'm just giving you my reasons that I don't, believe that that happened, okay? Um, I, I believe that it was the the righteous that died are now in heaven. And then dispensationally what changed at that point is there is no longer in Abraham's bosom under the earth, a place of paradise under the earth for the believer in Christ because the Bible says when we die now, uh, it is to be immediately present with him. So we don't need Abraham's bosom because in heaven with Christ is far greater. That's much better. So now those that descend into hell are in a place of torment. That is all that's under the earth. And those that die righteous through the... Um, imputation of righteousness through their faith in Christ when they die are immediately present with the Lord in heaven. Okay? Um, and that's their place of paradise. So, that's my take on it. Um, take it or leave it. But, uh, but yeah, so we have a reference to this. Look at Matthew chapter 
27. Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. I had this marked down anyway. Um, talk, and this is a reference of fulfillment concerning Isaiah 26 19. Yeah, so. Yeah, so I took it as even before Jesus at the it was resurrected, this was fulfilled at his crucifixion, like I said. Because look at verse 50. Jesus, when he had cried again with a loud voice, yielded up the ghost. This is Jesus literally died on the cross. And at that time, behold, the veil of the temple was rent in twain from the top to the bottom, and the earth did quake, and the rocks rent. And the graves were opened in many bodies of the who? Saints, which slept, arose. Not just anybody, not people that believed the gospel that was preached in hell. I don't, it was the saints, those that had already believed God and had faith in him. You got to understand dispensationally in the Old Testament, they, they were ignorant of... While there are many references of them making statements that would suggest they had some understanding of that there was be, there would be a redeemer who would come, there would be a savior, there would be um, salvation, there would be heaven and crucifixion. And you have a second glorious return of Christ, and there's mention that they mention this through Old Testament. They didn't understand the cross. They did not understand the Messiah. They did not understand how it was going to work. They did not understand the crucifixion, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus for salvation. They didn't have knowledge of a gospel that would save and the formation of the church. They were ignorant of this. And God didn't require them to understand it in order to be saved. The only thing that was required of man at any point in time was to have faith. And today... We are to have faith in the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ because we are sinners and without him we'll die and perish in hell. We must have faith in the gospel. And we're instructed in the New Testament. Um, we're instructed in the epistles to the churches on everything pertaining to life and godliness, how we should live how we should dress, how we should talk, how we should treat each other, how should how we should love, and how we should get the gospel out to the whole world. It's that simple. Um, but here, here you have it. This is it. The graves opened up. Many bodies of the saints which slept arose, and they came out of the graves. After his resurrection. So there we have a reference there to the resurrection fulfillment. And came out of the graves after his resurrection and went into the holy city and appeared unto many. Um, so that's, that's, an amazing, that's an amazing thing. So it's like many of the saints came out the minute he died on the cross. After his resurrection, it appears that all the saints that had died before Christ came 
have come out of the graves and we know Christ appeared. We'll talk about this in a few weeks. Christ appeared, um, I want to say 40 days after his resurrection, appearing and revealing himself to many. Many saw him, hundreds saw him. The word spread. Um, and here we have these folks in Jerusalem appearing unto many. No wonder there was people panicking. I mean, that's just amazing stuff. Um, and it says here, it's completed in full at Christ's second coming. Go to, uh, we'll go to John chapter 5. John chapter 5, 28. So here it is, and this is, uh, it's, it's interesting, it's it just, this stuff is fascinating. I hope you're fascinated by it as well. So John chapter 5, look at verse 28, 29, and uh, we'll also look at 30. It says this, verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming in the which all that are in the graves shall hear his voice. So all hear, hear his voice, and shall come forth. All will hear his voice, all will come forth. They that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of damnation. So I'm going to just say this. The works have already been done at the time they're in the graves. Those that did good and had faith in, in, in God, resurrected unto life, having done what was required of them at that time to manifest salvation. Those that had done evil and rejected God, they were appointed unto the resurrection of damnation. I still do not find anywhere where those that had done evil after the time of death, those that had rejected God, refused to be faithful to God, those who were condemned for their wickedness, died, went to hell, got to hear the gospel, and repented, got saved, and therefore got to take part in the resurrection of life. I cannot find it. Um, that's just me. I'm just looking at scriptures on the, on the topic. Um, I think it's important for us to understand there is no purgatory. We get one chance. Man has always had one chance, and that chance is our lifetime. And, and thank God we don't have the same kind of... I mean, back then... Thousands of years ago, you know, you could sin one time and be taken off of the earth. I mean, it was, uh, I'm thankful for the long suffering and mercy of God today that somebody who lives rejecting God and God might tolerate them for 40 or 50 years and send people to witness to them and the Holy Spirit try to convict them and, and just nudge at them and, and you know, Many atheists have repented and gotten saved before it was too late. Aren't you glad for, for a God that is so patient with us? Um, it's just, it's amazing stuff. Um, 1 Corinthians 15, we, we see more of uh, references and we're, we're going to get into another, we're going we're gonna to get into something else with that later, but 
Um, 1 Corinthians 15, we look at the resurrection and, and, the, and the, the bigger picture. It all comes together for us, doesn't it? We're not even done with Old Testament. I've talked for 40 minutes this morning. Um, but I don't want, I, I, I guess we're going to go long because I don't want to leave this out. Write this down. Daniel chapter 12. Um, in those first three verses, um, what you're going to find is this. A promise of a future resurrection of all people. You're going to find a 1,000 year interval, uh, which is not, hold on, I'm sorry. The 1,000 year interval is not mentioned in this passage, and it's because it wasn't relevant to the context. All right, so... Um, what we're seeing is the resurrection and the life and a resurrection and the judgment. Those do not occur at the same time. So in Scripture, the resurrection of unto life happens and then the millennial reign of Christ, which is 1,000 years before that there's a resurrection and the judgment. Okay, um, The 1,000-year interval in this passage of Daniel is not mentioned. This is why it was not necessarily relevant to the context of the passage itself. Um, also it would be non, it, uh, it would be inconsequential in relationship to eternity at this point in time. In other words, like I've said a few times in this segment, your eternity is fixed once you're dead. Um, and so at the time of your death, your eternal situation is a fixed situation. You either died in faith and you belong to God or you died uh, in wickedness, in sin and rejecting God and you have an eternity in hell. Um, so we need to make that decision and not put it off. Um, but the Daniel chapter 12, 1 through 3, and I'm just kind of giving you a quick summary. You write it down, study it yourself because I don't want to talk for two hours. But the passage shows this. You see a tribulation. You see a supernatural protection of Israel. You see both resurrections. You see everlasting contempt. Everlasting contempt is those that had contempt for the Bible. They had to contempt for Christ. They disregarded Jesus. as um, and, and Jesus should have been something that they had taken into account, but they rejected it. They treated God, the Bible, the gospel, and Christ as a person or a thing that was beneath consideration of their time, of their attention. They treated it as worthless. It means nothing. There's no evidence that it's real. All of those things. Um, you know, they had contempt for the Bible, contempt for Christ, contempt for biblical Christianity, contempt for godly living. They wanted to do it their way. They wanted to do their own thing. God wasn't important. Jesus wasn't important. Um, but then you know what? Then death came and they suffered torment in hell until resurrection, unto a judgment that for them will be terrible. And then they'll be thrown in a lake of fire with the devil, the false prophet, the Antichrist, and all those that serve Satan. What a terrible fate. Um, but you know what the Bible also tells us here in, in Daniel chapter 12, one through three, those that were wise, those that accepted Christ, 
those that received God's provision for them to be purified, they're going to be the stars shining forever. Will shine forever. What an amazing promise in the scriptures. So that's the Seeking Refuge podcast for this morning. We're going to, I mean, wow, we're digging into the resurrection, aren't we? And you know what? You may not agree with everything that I've said this morning. I just would put this out there. Study it for yourself and trust in the scriptures, the guidance of the Holy Spirit. Don't throw me away if you don't agree with everything I say. Can I give Christians some advice today? You will not agree with somebody else 100% of the time. It just won't happen. Um, I I've have many great pastor friends that I don't agree with 100% of the times. And, and I don't want to know how often they don't agree with me. Okay, I don't want to know. It's just because, I, I don't know. I don't want to get into a long spiel about it. Don't discard people in your life because they might have a different theological perspective once in a while okay um it's important that we don't do that and every time you hear it folks every time you hear your pastor say something in church wherever church you you guys go to all right if you if you happen to hear your pastor say so i shouldn't say every time as if it happens all the time let's just say one day your pastor says something you're like i don't think that's how that is supposed to be you don't need to call him text him and tell him he was wrong right? Uh, Don't do that. It just, um, if there, there are maybe a couple people in the church, if he was doctrinally out of the way that have that responsibility. uh, I'm just trying to help because you know what? We get a lot of people, we get a lot of divisions and we get a lot of strife and we get a lot of things happening in churches today because somebody said something that was taken wrong out of context or you know, didn't agree with. And the next thing you know, it's a big deal. And I have fallen victim to it. Okay. I have done it. I have handled it incorrectly before. I've heard things that were preached that I thought what I heard was almost appalling at the way that it came out. And, and I felt the need to, to correct and stand my ground about it. And if we're not careful and we don't really act, you know, God doesn't tell us to be the one to bring it to their attention. We probably shouldn't. Um, because, you know, I guess a good friend of mine said it this way. If we're right, but we're wrong in the way that we're right, we're still wrong. Um, and we just need to, we need to love one another and take care of one another. And, you know, times are really hard right now. Churches have, are being persecuted. Christians are being battered. And you know what? The problems of the world really require us to get our act together and put some differences aside and humble ourselves and you know knowledge puffs up but love edifies let's edify one another let's build each other up let's get the gospel out and let's help the people that are suffering because that list is getting longer every day and um and let's not forget this he's coming back for us and we're going to be like him and we're going to see him as he is and and we're going to be known um, as he is known. And it, it's, it's an amazing promise of the scripture. And we just have to hold on a little bit longer. I hope the Seeking Refuge podcast was a blessing to you today. A little bit of a longer episode, but I hope it was worth your time. I hope these scriptures speak to your hearts as they've done to mine. 
and encourage you to stay faithful as this study has encouraged me because time's running out. Jesus is coming back and what is coming for those who are faithful will be worth the wait. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this day. Thank you for the podcast. Thank you for the message and for the conviction. Lord, help us be faithful to do your will and to get the gospel out into all the world. Bless those who listen to the podcast this morning and uh, just help us, Lord. You know the needs, you know the burdens, you know the struggles, you know everything that we're dealing with. Just help us, Lord, because we need you and we can't do it without you. Help us hold on until thy kingdom truly cometh, Lord. We love you, we thank you, and we need you. In Jesus' name, amen. See you next time on the Seeking Refuge podcast.